Hey there, welcome back to Simply the Best Podiatry. I'm Jason Agosta and we are up to the Michael Jordan episode being number 23. Never thought we'd get there, but here we go. I should also say to begin with to you podiatrists, I've had a few people ask me recently about why am I doing this show, which is a good question. Um, Family, friends, podiatrists. And I've thought about this and particularly after the last episode with Matt Dillnot, and I have to say that it's a really good time for me and I'm sure others the same vintage in that after 35 years of practice, it just feels so right to pass on as much as possible. And hopefully it's all worthy and informative but it feels like a time to uh, a time of service and give back and being as supportive as much as possible. And that's whether through this show or mentoring or just passing on tips and ideals to people uh, who you come across or you know through your days or conversations on the phone or whatever. But it feels right to be of service and that's where this show has um, stemmed from and continues from. Anyway, I hope simply the best podiatry has been interesting and maybe even a little bit helpful. And talking about helpful, we have Motorhead's number one fan back, Sophie Fit from Fitzroy Podiatry. Hey, Sophie, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Jason. Bit of pressure putting me in the Michael Jordan episode. Yeah, you oh, number 23. Goodness me. Okay. Shane Warne, another one. There's been a Buddy Franklin, number 23. There you go. Dermot Burden, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> Don't know. I'm hopeless with the footy stuff. I'm so um, not into footy. No, that was a nice intro to touch on why you're doing this and you really do have so much to give back and you've always given back to our profession. Um, yeah, so that's a, yeah, I really enjoyed hearing you say that. And, yeah, I can absolutely say you've always had your door wide open to students and um, graduates and, and junior podiatrists yeah. and I've been of certainly benefited from your support over the years. You're only ever a phone call away and it's I, I know how many people would be getting a lot out of you just sharing your pearls. So thanks. thanks yeah, for- well, I don't know. It's just a fun thing to do though too. Yeah. And when sure. you pass on things, you also, there's something you always forget that when you pass on tips or you talk about things, um, you actually learn twice of course you by do. going over things. So, yeah, so hopefully we can, um, yeah, sort of achieve that through this show and helping people out. Mm. Yeah. I'm loving your episodes, everything you're putting out. Um, the episode with Matt last week was just terrific, absolutely sensational. And, yeah, I've really enjoyed all of your episodes. As I've said to you, Fiona Allen is a really good mate of mine and I, I loved her discussion around private practice. And, and yeah, the, actually everything you've put out has been really helpful to me and I know I'll – would not be the only person uh, in that position. Thank you. So, if, I mean, hopefully it's diverse like that because we, we, with Fiona we were talking about practitioner management, so it's a classic for all the younger people and all the employers. And then last week Matt Dillnott's dive into the depths of strengthening and just blew me away. And if anyone hasn't heard that episode, you need to go back and do number 22 before this one, the legendary oh. episode of number 23. <laughs> no pressure, so no pressure. I should also say that I, every time I say simply the best podiatry, I think, oh my god, I just cringe a bit. And it sort of came up as a bit of a joke, the name of the show. 
Um, and most people wouldn't know, but I was, um, I think I'd just finished the presentation and someone said, oh, that was simply the best. And I thought, because oh, I'd already planned that I was going to start the show. And uh, I thought, oh, that's the name of the show, just off the cuff. And it's stuck. And anyway, that is what it is. I think it's a, it's a neat name. I just, it's, awful. <laughs> it's a bit of a joke. No, it's just awkward that it was, um, I think, I think he launched the podcast the week. Um, Tina Turner Tina died. died. Exactly. Like, your timing was awkward, but that's oh, okay. This show's dedicated to her, yes, and <laughs> Motorhead. All right, so, well, we're going to follow on from Matt Dillnott's amazing presentation last week of lower limb strengthening, and we are going to discuss more of the lower limb being lateral compartment pain through the perineals. And I know that uh, when lateral compartment problems and lateral foot problems walk in the door. It's like, oh, here we go. We better think about what we're doing. But there are some really good, easy tips to pass on. So, and we should also start with um, different presentations and different diagnoses that you've got to be aware of. Yeah, for sure. I really love this presentation. You know, sometimes you get that patient in front of you and just as you're starting to work through the initial stages, you think, oh, good, I like this one. I don't know if you do that, but I yeah. definitely have those moments with certain sure. things. And then there are the other things that I'm like, oh, no, not this. Um, however, lateral, let's sort of start with the patient walking in and pointing more directly at their foot, but very much hovering on the outside of the foot. Um often distal to the lateral malleolus, and it, it is very obviously outside of the foot pain. And that, as you've sort of touched on so much throughout other or previous episodes of the podcast, start with your really detailed history taking and your listening. And I think a good place to explore this presentation would be to look at the role of the lateral compartment of the leg and the lateral foot and really focus on the role of stabilizing the ankle joint and foot. And so it's really in that history taking when you start to learn more about the patient, it's even before a biomechanical assessment that you are hearing about activities that have probably caused the the foot to be in that um, position of, of, you know, lateral ankle instability. And then that's tying in nicely with what you're seeing um, clinically in terms of lateral foot pain. Hmm. So if we start with the the history taking uh, and get an idea of the activities that they've been doing, I'm often seeing it in a trail runner, for example. So, you know, um, rolling over, uh, tree roots and all sorts of things that are causing that instability and the firing of the lateral compartment. And then often it's just that that whole complex has become, has been um, overworked basically and is, is very, very tight. So I, once the history has been taken, we've got a clear understanding of the activities the person's been doing, starting to paint a bit of a picture. I will, in my physical assessment, will often be able to trace that lateral foot pain back to the compartment in the leg. And that's why I think in our discussion tonight, it might be good to, to really focus more on the, the muscles in the lateral compartment of the leg and understand the role they're playing in causing that foot pain. Sure. Am I sort of on track? Or yes. I, and we're, so we're also really talking about multi-directional sports as well, aren't we? You mentioned sure. the trail running and shifting in position, but... You know, like the tennis, basketball, netball, for instance. Absolutely, yeah. So, oh, yeah, and I, I completely agree with that, with what you're just saying then. So 
let's make it clear that tonight we're really going to focus on it, sort of the soft tissue muscular component of this, probably less so on lateral ankle joint ligaments and even uh, not really diving into the lateral or um, the, the lateral aspect of the mid-tarsal joint region as well. So I think problems. They're probably, yeah, they're probably, and that's probably another whole episode in itself. It is. Uniforms, cuboid, and all that sort of thing. What we're really talking about, just to make it really clear in the listener's mind, is the lateral, the the muscles comprising that make up the lateral compartment of the legs. So once I've done that history taking, I've got a bit of an idea. Obviously, we'll always carry out a biomechanical assessment, but I will start with my palpatory stuff. And it's almost always right at that. Uh, peroneus brevis attachment. So as peroneus brevis travels laterally, passes um, uh, posteriorly to the lateral malleolus and then comes in at the base of the fifth almost, even just some resisted eversion of the foot, um, you know, you can see that that tendon attachment. And that is almost always, I mean, I don't, I don't want to make massive generalizations here, but that is where the person is often presenting with pain. We know we can trace peroneus longus uh, down through the plantar aspect of the foot, and that's helpful too. But um, let's just keep it simple and focus on that peroneus brevis attachment because I find that's where their pain is often. However, I don't focus very much on treating that area because, as I've said previously, I'll be going straight proximally right up to the head of the fibula, and that's where I focus my treatment so I will be palpating through the perineals and I find these are really easy structures to get my fingers into and it can be my thumbs or my fingers and um, it might be on resisted eversion but it doesn't often doesn't need to be because the the band of muscle can be so taut that it's very very easy to just roll over these really tight spots that are very uncomfortable for the patient and often comparing to the other side or the other well the other leg sorry the other leg if if only one leg is presenting as sore you it can just be so much softer and nicer on the other yeah. side it's very easy to compare so it doesn't have that real ropey hard ropey, feel. ropey absolutely right. so once I have a clear understanding or in my mind I'm really focusing on the muscles in the leg I don't do much with the foot because I find that tendon attachment you just aggravate it if you gnaw away on it too Mm. much so I'm sort of hands off in terms of the foot and I'm focusing my soft tissue treatment on the leg and that's with often some dry needling if the patient can tolerate it and if they want to give it a go it's not a particularly nice muscle to dry needle because of the perineal nerve and you can actually sometimes just get up close to that parent that nerve sheath sorry and it is a little uncomfortable so it's sort of with education to the patient that if they feel any kind of pins and needles or anything to let me know straight away and obviously advising them on what that sensation is and right. it's um, being near the nerve sheath but it can also be very easy to avoid that so if the patient is comfortable with some needling I find the the perineal compartment responds really nicely to some dry needling but needling doesn't necessarily need to be part of it just some soft tissue um, treatment through there remembering posterior and anterior compartments as well and not down in the tendon so you're not massaging down distally near the I lateral malle- malleolus it's all nah. proximal yep all proximal sure. yep all outside of the foot and this is where i get the patient back seated with knees bent feet flat on the bed and show them how they can do 2 to 5 minutes 
once or twice a day of this lateral compartment massage because mm. I find this is a compartment, and I say the same about the anterior compartment of the leg, that responds beautifully to, um, I wouldn't say gentle massage, but nothing too aggressive, just some uh, long, slow movement through those muscles into the sure. tendon but staying in the leg. Uh, and they've felt it and seen what I've done, and then I'm just educating them on how they can do it at home for themselves. So that's sort of a little bit of acute relief. I feel that can be achieved quite easily. And then it's sort of more about setting the foot up for the next week or two. And I proceed with almost always a lateral wedge to promote eversion in the shoe under the insole. And this is going to be really untechnical, but it's those light blue ones. The light blue and they're the EVA wedges. And they are almost nothing's happening. And the patient's like, is she for real? Like she's yeah. literally given me a toothpick. Like this is nothing. Yeah. And it looks like nothing. And I think they are terrific. Mm. I pop them uh, under an insole. I use a Jason Agosta tip of only rip off half the backing paper because they're very easy <laughs> to pull off when you need to. And this patient may already have a heel lift. That doesn't bother me. The wedge goes in as well. And then I'm doing some eversion taping where I'm starting dorsally, pretty much in the middle of the foot. I'm coming under, well, crossing the navicular, coming under and cranking up into um, eversion and educating the patient on how to do that taping technique themselves. Another Jason Agosta special, three strips of tape. You do it to promote uh, supination, but I'm doing it literally in the opposite direction. Opposite way, yeah. Opposite way. And... You know when they stand up and they sort of look at you like, whoa, this feels very weird that you've hit the nail on the head because it does feel very unusual. And so once I've educated them on self-massage, I've taped the foot, I've put the wedge in. Um, I do talk about, and, you know, I guess the jury is a little bit out on the ice versus heat kind of thing, but I really do think that 10 minutes of ice application just for some local inflammation, I think it's worthwhile doing. Mm. And I, I support patients who are happy to do that. If you understand their lifestyle and you tell them the little windows throughout their day where they can put some ice on the area just because it's often a little bit acutely inflamed. And then it's, you know, I mean, you take into consideration the footwear, especially the footwear that they're wearing for activity. I'll be looking at wear patterns on the shoes and often this will lead to probably some advice on some new footwear not necessarily to um, uh, it might just be getting into a, a neutral foot a neutral yeah. shoe. like I'm not trying to change the direction mm. what I'm trying to say here I'm not trying to um, stop the foot from doing what it's been doing that caused this pain. Yeah, yeah yeah it's often just there's some real instability in that aspect of the shoe so, yeah, so um, you're not trying to change alignment really at all. No, I think that's not because it's mm. often not necessary. It's mm. often not necessary. It's often activity related. And I find just a few simple things to tweak because we don't want the foot going too much into eversion um, on a long-term basis if it's not ne- needed or necessary. Well, I was just thinking that because if we push laterally too hard and you push across the center line of the foot medially, mm-hmm. does that mean the perineals have to work harder you're sort of offloading to one degree, but then do we have to work harder in knowing that the perineals are massively 
powerful mm. in stabilizing your forefoot. So there has to be a fine line there. It has to be, sure. yeah. So, so are you using orthoses as well then with applying the lateral wedge to them or just the lateral wedge on its own? In most cases, just the lateral wedge. Yeah. Very much case by case. Mm. With everything I'm saying here, I'm talking about sort of your more general. Yeah, sure. No sort of red flags in terms of lateral ankle joint instability that's causing some serious motion, causing the perineals to overwork. I'm I'm more talking about eight out of ten presentations that have flared up because of something a very easy causal factor. So this is where we will do another episode on the more distal perineal cuboid problems because this cool. does lead into it. Yep. But what about stretching? Because stretching is good for those, well, some of those um, lateral foot problems in trying to stretch out the perineal tendons and massage proximally. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about this issue of more the proximal compartment problems laterally, are you stretching at all distally or leaving that alone as well? I don't give any stretches for this right. presentation. So yeah. once they've walked out with their massage, self-massage advice, their ice regime, the tape on their foot, the wedge in their shoe, and some modifications to their training or activity, mm. I'll see them probably 10 days to two weeks later, and then I'll implement some strengthening, not stretching. Sure. And the strengthening would involve TheraBand work and that resisted eversion to, yeah. you know, allow some strength back into the uh, perineal compartment. And I find after that, the patient is almost back to normal, no pain. Sure. And that is the kind of full circle presentation where you seldom see them for that problem ever again. Quite. So what you're saying, quite a quick response? Really quick response. Yeah. And it's the same with Tibant. I find as soon as you just get some regular routine uh, soft tissue therapy through the compartment, it just responds really nicely. And often you don't need to change anything or turn anything on its head um, from a long-term management point of view to achieve a really good outcome with this simple little regime. Sure. So what if we have someone who doesn't respond that well mm-hmm. and we start looking at uh, the differential diagnosis? Yeah, good question. So I would I'd probably pull them back from activity for a little bit longer and keep up some of these more simple um, techniques or management strategies just for a little bit longer, maybe a week or two longer, get them off the foot a little bit more. If they've responded to the tape technique, I'd keep taping them in that position, but I wouldn't give it much longer than another week or so before I referred for... Uh, an ultrasound through the lateral aspect of the foot to get a better understanding uh, or idea because in that what I spoke about previously was when I relate the presentation back to the lateral muscle compartment if the foot is still focal and localized there's still that focal localized pain I would definitely be referring for an ultrasound at that point so we're talking taping massage, dry needling, wedges, footwear, decreasing activity if needed, Hmm? if it doesn't respond that well. Can you give me a very quick rundown of what the needling does? 
Yeah, so dry needling or trigger point therapy is where a small dry needle, same kind of needle as used in acupuncture, is yeah. once palpation has been done and the, or the, the essentially the trigger point, which is a very taut band of skeletal muscle, is identified. As the needle goes into that taut band of skeletal muscle, there is a very quick uh, or immediate vascular response and that allows, so it's a myofascial response at the site of the skeletal muscle and that allows the myofascia to release somewhat and uh, a vascular response or a rush of sort of healthy oxygenated blood to the area to release that tight, taut band of skeletal muscle. Okay, so it's got to be quite focal. It's not just like, oh, the whole muscle is really tight. You've got to actually got to find that focal point. Find those trigger points. Yeah. 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 But what we do in a, you know, when you do your dry needling course, is we find what I think they really just refer to them as textbook trigger points, and we understand that in each muscle and each muscle group there are these very, you know, very common areas or very. Um, I guess, commonly seen locations where those trigger points arise. So, you know, you can bet your bottom dollar if you palpate that area, you'll find that trigger point. And the more palpatory stuff you do um, repeatedly, day in and day out, you find these trigger points. Now, of course, you've got to still hover around and see what else you can find. But once you know that feeling of a trigger point, it's when that, you know, that ropey, you rock over it, you literally, and, and you say to the patient, this is the point feel as I roll over the top of it and they go oh yeah that hurts and it's it can give off some local referred pain and also some um, more distal referred pain so you might be uh, palpating up near the fibula head and they can feel it almost down to the lateral malleolus right okay Um, so you you palpate your trigger points and then you dry needle them Uh, I I have a technique of um, I don't pepper it too much peppering the in and out I only do a little bit of that and I leave the needle in situ for um, just a couple of minutes and I'll just, uh, and I step away and just allow the needle and then I'll pull it out and always finish off with some soft tissue massage after the needling. So the point of that, the massage and the needling is to, is to reduce the tension on the distal tendon region, isn't it? Because earlier yeah. you were talking about pain around the perineal tendons, you know, looping around the lateral malleolus, but that's what we're trying to do is reduce the tension in that compartment proximally. Absolutely. So myofascial release proximally to alleviate distal sensation and pain. Perfect. So thank you so much. This discussion, being so concise, is wonderful, but this is going to lead into the lateral foot problems we see, which I think for most people when the lateral foot pain comes in, it's a bit vague around that Mm -hmm. mid-tarsal sort of cuboid area. It is sometimes one of those ones where, what am I going to do? Yeah, I know. And, and I don't really enjoy those ones that much. So this, your your um, discussion or your presentation here is huge in proceeding into that, which we will do in the next couple of weeks. We're going to go into the lateral uh, foot problems after this episode in a couple of weeks' time. Um, so stay tuned because this is the almost oh, the really? precursor to the lateral foot pain episode. Yeah, that'd be a good. Thanks one. for joining me again. You've, uh, this is, I think, the third time you've come on. It's great. Yeah, and no, I'm really Thank enjoying you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's wonderful to see you again, and and I uh, hope you're well. And I really appreciate your contribution. I appreciate coming on. Thank you very much. Thank you. Speak soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening to Simply the Best Podiatry. You can check out more details in the show notes where you can follow and support the show. You can also follow the show on Instagram at Simply the Best Podiatry. Thanks for listening once again, and we'll be back with you soon.